All right, we're back on Money Talk, where we believe that too many Andrews is never enough. I'm Andrew Work, and now I welcome to the show Andrew Collier, Managing Director, Orient Capital Research, with our view from mainland China. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Andrew. You can call me Andy. It might make things easier. <laughs> it might make things easier for the listener, that's for sure. Um, Andy, the big, the big news today, uh, of course, is the Credit Suisse. Uh, Credit Suisse being taken over by UBS, uh, kind of in other smaller banking news, uh, was breaking that Signature Bank has been picked up uh, or, or is being acquired by uh, another bank out of New York. Uh, but really, does anybody in China care? I'm, I'm guessing a lot of, uh, you know, of course, Credit Suisse had business, big business in Hong Kong, business in China. I'm sure a lot of high net worth individuals might have been doing, uh, dropping some money off in Switzerland with Credit Suisse. But I mean, uh, what, what is the impact from the China point of view? Well, a lot of the problem with SVB is essentially it was a bank run that was caused by a lack of uh, confidence in the banking system in the U.S. that has now spread globally. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're sitting in China as a high net worth individual, you're very eager to park your foreign exchange holdings in a safe place. And the Swiss banks have always been that, but not anymore. So I'm sitting here asking myself, okay, what, what does this mean for the future of the high net worth business in China? Uh, a lot of them are fleeing to Singapore. Um, a lot of them are bypassing Hong Kong for the obvious reason that there's a real concern about the sanctity of their assets here in Hong Kong. So I think this adds to the confusion for high net worth individuals of where they park their money. And in the end, it's probably very good for Singapore. Uh, because they may view uh, the Singapore economy and the Singapore banking system as more stable than even Switzerland. But were, were they were they going to were, weren't they going to Singapore to put their money in Swiss banks that had offices in Singapore? Or were they were they putting it with Singaporean banks? Um, I, I don't think there's a lot of data on that, so I can't answer that question. But yes, that is true that they would be concerned about any Swiss bank assets that are in Singapore. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, there are a lot of other banks. And the other one that's interesting is HSBC, because that's been increasing its, I believe, 40% of its uh, growth and its high net worth business has been in Asia mm -hmm. and um, in the last couple of years. So are people going to be confident in you know, push, putting their money in HSBC, given the problems in Switzerland? Now, obviously, HSBC is, a, is sort of a uh, London and Hong Kong bank, so it's slightly different regulatory structure. But nonetheless, there may be some spreading risk that HSBC is, is facing at this point. I mean, I guess HSBC has kind of been put in the category with UBS of rescue banks uh, and that they picked up the uh, SVP UK operations uh, for a pound. There, I know SVP had a joint venture in, in China, I think it's in, in Shenzhen. But I mean, I'm guessing from the sounds of it, that was a pretty small operation easily covered by its partner there. Well, the JV, if I remember correctly, the JV was actually just approved a couple, a few days ago. Uh, and it's a very bad timing for HSBC because now uh, people are going to be looking askance at any foreign banks. HSBC may be in a better position than the Swiss banks for, because it's uh, British. And it did pick up, as you said, the, the SVB partner there, which shows that it was in uh, good uh, good uh, financial condition. Uh, but the fact that they, they're just uh, getting their uh, license approved now uh, people may be worried about overseas banks, uh, but I never expected them to make a lot of money off their business anyway. Hmm. L looking at the domestic situation uh, with the Chinese banks, um, fairly solid. Uh, I mean, I mean, I know there's been all the big concerns about what's happening in the property sector and with municipal uh, municipal governments. But w what's your take on on the uh, the stability or the, the the solidity of mainland Chinese banks, the big ones? Well, I'm 
very negative on the whole Chinese economy, and the Chinese banks are basically a um, asset indirectly owned by the Chinese economy. Well, 50% of them are state-owned. Then you've got the regional banks and you've got the commercial banks. And the fact of the matter is that the property industry is not just mortgages or loans to developers, but it also has to do with the fiscal stability of local governments that rely on land sales. So there's going to be a very slow unwinding process as the uh, property market basically starts to hurt the growth of the Chinese economy, which it already has. And that is going to impact the um, uh, banks. Uh, the Chinese government is very good at covering up a lot of this stuff. So if there's a really bad failure, they can just do a merger or uh, uh, do a quiet recap. Um, but the problem is that it, when it gets too large, which it will, then it's going to increase the central government debt. So um, I'm not. I'm a, a more concerned about a Japan-style slowdown. It'll be very different in many ways, but it'll be sort of a creeping slowdown that will affect the banking system. I'm less concerned about a, a contagion the way the United States uh, just witnessed. And are, are you worried because you think that uh, Chinese banks will be loaning money to Chinese companies, resulting in zombie companies like Japan had, or do you think it's it's one step back and the Chinese government will backstop zo zombie banks? by providing them with capital, maybe the, those banks start in the best shape? Well, they already have zombie loans out. I mean, the, the entire property, not the entire property sector, but much of the property sector is essentially zombie companies at this point. They're sort of negative net worth. And how about the and banks themselves? Got, are, the, are they zombie the, banks? Uh, the, no, the banks, um, well, it depends on what you call a bank. Then you have the, the, these things called the LGFPs, which are lending a lot of money to local governments, which are actually acting like banks, even though te they're technically not banks. So, and they are basically negative net worth uh, companies, and they have 23 trillion yuan of debt. Uh, for the banks themselves, um, there are, I'm sure, zombie banks out there, but the, the, the data would not show that. And the state-owned banks are not zombie banks. So I'm not, I don't think we're there yet in terms of zombie banks. And, uh, I mean, now we have this restructuring. We're kind of finding out bits and pieces about this new restructuring, uh, the diminished role of the PBOC, and this new super regulator. Uh, you know, we've got about a minute left. Can you give us a take on what, what you think of the new super regulator and the reduced role of the PBOC? Oh, the concentration of financial regulatory system into the party in Beijing is a disaster because they don't have the manpower to try to do the due diligence. Now, they're hoping that they can basically let the banks and the, the PBOC do the, the heavy lifting and they'll just do the political side. But they're going to be heavily involved in a lot of decision making. And I think it's just going to slow the economy down. I, I think it's a real step back at a time when you've got structural problems in China. Can't they just poach if, if they don't have the capacity themselves? Aren't they just going to poach the, uh, the best of the best from the other regulators? Sure, but the problem is that you know that then every decision is politicized and it has to go through committee meetings, and then it get, filters back down to the PBOC. They've gotten rid of their local branches, which were good feeder networks for data, and I don't think we're doing anything that bad, as far as I know. And now it's all in the provincial governments, so they're trying to centralize the whole decision-making apparatus in the financial system, and I, I think it's going to slow things down. All right. Well, uh, Andrew, you know, we can't get enough of you. So uh, thank you for coming on the show today. It was Andrew Collier, uh, a.k.a. Andy Collier, Managing Director, Orient Capital Research.